0: Hi everyone, welcome to Spread the Love. This is Shay Butta. And this is O Dear Mar. Today's topic
1: is about domestic violence, um, especially because the month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, and as both Shay and I are survivors of DV, we really wanted to take the opportunity to share our story. Um, and hopefully create a safe and comfortable dialogue with folks who listen to our podcast or even our family or friends who hear our story for the first time. Um, Before we get started, we did want to go into just some level setting um, before we go deep into this conversation.
0: We first just wanted to start off by saying that these are our personal opinions, our personal experiences, and our own personal stories, and are coming from the heart, but also could be considered explicit or graphic content, and definitely may also be a trigger for those who have experienced domestic violence or are maybe currently in a situation um, that could be related to domestic violence right now. So we do just wanna put that warning out there um, to allow folks, you know, if this is sensitive for you, you know, feel free to stop or You know we don't ever want to harm anyone or uh, make anyone feel uncomfortable but we do want to let you know that we are ready to tell our stories and our truths and like mar said hopefully create a safe place Uh, the other thing
1: that i really want to highlight is that when we share experiences we want to do so in a way that centers care And promotes that growth and healing. Um, We definitely don't want to trauma bond with anyone or, you know, utilize our experiences as a way to um, validate... like a thought process that that doesn't
0: promote that healing and growth, really. Mm-hmm, yeah. Or put anyone down. This is not with the intent to put anyone down or um, talk negatively on anybody. Um, like Mar said, we just are ready to heal. Um, this is a part of our process, and we've been healing for a while now, and we're ready to hopefully help others heal how we have. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, so before we get started. Um, We thought that the best way to really talk about domestic violence, to educate folks who might not have ever experienced being in a DV relationship or has also never experienced a friend, family, um, or colleague who is experiencing DV. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lack of information out there for folks to navigate and therefore, we're not gonna tell our stories in chronological, uh, in, chrono- in a chronological timeline. But
0: what you're trying to explain is that we're relating our experiences to specific domestic violence topics so people can more so relate to, you know, what maybe you're going through and an experience that we had with that specific topic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. okay. No, you're
1: good. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Okay, maybe I'm just nervous. I'm just no, nervous. No, you're doing <laughs> so good. No. Um, okay. I and 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 honestly like my my time with with the DV was like for 6 years and Shay, I know yours also was
0: how long? Yeah, it was about I would say about 6 years about too. Six actually. Years. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So
1: that's a long time to talk about. If we yeah. were to go chronological, oh god,
0: and two people, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, we have these these commonalities that we've both experienced because Shay and I have both shared our personal stories with each other um, to come up with these different topics that we want to get through. Um, and I think the first one that is really dominant in Uh, DV relationships is isolation um so Shay I would really like you know if you are able to talk about your experience with isolation
0: yeah absolutely um isolation was something that I was living in not only being only like 15 20 miles away from my mom and dad, like I was not even that far from my family, and I was already starting to be isolated. Um, but I really recognized that I was being isolated when, um, I had to move to Portland, um, like two weeks after we it wasn't, yeah, was it two weeks or a month? It was very, a very short time after we had just gotten married. Um, went on our honeymoon, had that whole fun thing and literally had to leave all of my friends and family and everything that I was comfortable and happy with um, like less than five days after being back home from all that and literally had to drive um, 18 hours by myself the day after my grandma died. (laughs) So having to experience that and being pulled away from everything you've loved and like been comfortable with for your whole life was really I recognized like at that point like like damn this relationship is a lot worse than I thought it was and I thought being married would make it better obviously and that you know it'll make it stronger and all those kind of clichés but Yeah, it really made it worse, and I really thought that um, that was the last step before me dying, was me coming up here, because I had no one, and I had, like, literally no one to go to, and I thought, like, what was even the point of telling my family, like, what's happening with me, because they're not even here to help me, like, no one can literally help me, Mm. so I just accepted at that point, like, I might as well just make the best of it, it is what it is, I really have no choice in my life or what I'm doing, and Whatever happens, happened. So, yeah, I came up here and had no one. <laughs> and it was really traumatic. Yeah, that's
1: interesting because I also was very isolated from my family and friends. Like, I was already living in Portland. But my family and friends, for the most part, all live back home in Hawaii. Mm. And so when I started to experience abuse... Um, You know, I, first, like, people disbelieve that I could ever let someone abuse me. Same. Uh, Which is crazy. And
0: sometimes I think, that's how I feel about myself, too. I don't know. I I feel like I would never let any, but I did, did, you know, like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. And so, it kind of was like, well, I don't want to tell people that. I'm not the strong person that people perceive me to be. Um, And as the abuse continued, you know, that isolation was just so, it it just came hand in hand with the abuse. You know, you don't want to have to explain certain things to people. You, you know, don't want to have to, like, Lying just got exhausting. Especially and, if
0: you're going to stay. Yeah. If you have no intentions of leaving. Yeah. Yeah. What is the point? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and that makes the
1: abuse go, ra- happen at such a more rapid pace, mm-hmm. um, which leads into like that emotional, physical, mental, and financial abuse, which, you know, people can experience all. A blend just one um there's no there's literally no scientific <laughs> like
0: equation yeah. for how abuse works yeah. yeah um what what out of those topics did you experience all of those that's a good question
1: I definitely experienced
0: all um
1: and I want to say that it the emotional physical and mental abuse was all simultaneous from day one and then the financial abuse came after I was so deep into the relationship um Mm -hmm. but it was it was pretty quick um that financial abuse was introduced what about yourself
0: I definitely experienced all of those um yeah um emotional physical and mental i think were yeah like the first triggers but even the financial um abuse for me was pretty early onset because i was manipulated into thinking that it was benefiting me Mm. to allow him to take my my hard-earned money like before we were like right when we first started living together
2: yeah like it
0: was months before he like had lost a job and it was all on me Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. like as a boyfriend like that like we were you know like it wasn't even years like (laughs) yeah so that happened that happened pretty quickly and then it was just like a way of life like I work hard for him to take it (laughs)
1: So I'm wondering what the timeline is. Like, how long were you with your partner before you started to experience abuse? What I and and I ask this question of: Did the abuse start a lot sooner than you realized? Hmm. And you're now you're able to reflect and be like, "Wow, I was abused from the get." Mm-hmm. Or you know, was it?
0: That's interesting that you put it that way. I Now that I reflect on it, like, 10 years later, I absolutely think I was being manipulated from the beginning. Um, as far as, like, with him and other girls and whatnot, like, the cheating aspect, like, that was always.
1: Oh, my gosh. From the
0: very beginning. Like, he, yeah. like, I literally saw him kiss another girl in my house at my party in front of me. Mm. Like, before, you know, like... That was always from the beginning, but the abuse, abuse, um, happened when we officially moved in together after we had been together, like, less than, it, we weren't, had been together less than two years, and we had moved in together. Yeah. Um, and that, it was, like, almost immediate after my life now depended on him. hmm <laughs> Like, he, he sucked that right up. That's really interesting. <clears throat> Mine was, uh,
1: literally... A couple of weeks into seeing each other, wow. like not even boyfriend and girlfriend. And I gr- grapple with how I allowed someone who I didn't have a depth, an in depth relationship with at all. Um, because now my relationships are so in depth. Yeah. But I couldn't I can't even fathom like what where I was mentally and emotionally. Um for someone to hook me so quickly. Um I think that abuse people who abuse people, like my ex is definitely charming. Like Um, they can
0: sense maybe a like a weakness or
1: I think charming in the way of a little arrogant of Mm. like you know he was very good looking. He got a lot of attention from women, and so I very much felt inferior from the start. Of like, oh, I am. I should feel so privileged to have his time. That
0: is how I felt. Is which it? Which dis- <sighs> It makes me like thinking of myself and my ex. Mm-hmm. It literally irks me, because of like now, like the kind of person he was, and I'm like, why did I think? he was this like magnificent he like human you know yeah. like i knew who he was yeah but did you so like you said it started really early mm-hmm. did you recognize that or are you saying that now because you recognize that after reflecting oh um, or did you kind of sense like this there's something off but like
1: the first time i ever got hit
0: i we were, were s- you together
1: no we were sitting at the Waffle House. I was on Twitter and I showed him a message and I was like I was like, oh hey, isn't this your friend? Or is this your friend? And you know, it was someone else from Portland who asked me um what my ethnicity was in a Twitter DM. For me, growing up in Hawaii and being mixed <laughs> <laughs> i get that question all, all the time, time. <laughs> yes literally all the time and so that 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 question wasn't new to me and or it are off-putting yes, <laughs> or yeah or inappropriate Inappro- you know, yeah um but because it was another man he got upset he we you know we went outside walked towards my car and he was walking in front of me turned around, and slapped me in my face. Hmm. And when I got into the passenger seat of my car, because he demanded the keys, he dug the car key into the side of my neck and choked me against the passenger side glass. Hmm. And I knew that it was wrong. And I was so shocked by... That behavior, I've never experienced that before.
0: Yeah, like almost like it wasn't even real. Like yeah, you, yeah,
1: super like. Did that just happen? Is, yeah, to me? and frozen. I felt frozen, mm-hmm. and I felt very confused. Absolutely, and I did immediately tell my friends. And my boss at work, who was a close mentor, who told me to tell the police. And I think I was just off-put by that because I needed to know why and I, and try to understand it. And that was me getting in the you're way you're of me. You're saying why he did that? Why he did that, yeah. yeah. And I knew that if I just, like, called the police, like, okay, he, what, go to jail, go to jail, and, jail I and I not to... understand, you know, yeah. So, you don't get closure from that. Exactly. And that was really silly of me. Um, and that was the only advice I ever got. Was, was call, call the, the police.
3: police.
1: <laughs> and I just know that I didn't think that would give me satisfaction. And I still believe that calling the police wouldn't give me mm-hmm. satisfaction. Um, so, yeah. That was, that was the first time. And that equated to six years. So you know it's just interesting that that abuse, like for your instance, you know two years into it can start at any point, and for others, like it can be immediate,
0: immediate yeah
1: <sighs> yeah, <laughs> Breath, yeah. <laughs> So you know you're, you're not, so you're two years into it, you you know now, your life changes and and like, what do you do? What, what's next for you?
0: Yeah, so he, um, he started getting physical with me pretty soon after. It was, like, um, I would say physical. and Like, all, all three were pretty strong pretty fast because, um, like, AI was living with him. So I was with him 24-7. There was a point in time where we didn't even spend one day apart. For years. It was like many years. And I like looking back on that. I'm like he was literally controlling my. Like he knew where I was at all times. And what I was doing Mm. at all times. And there was a point where. um, I was working and he was not. So like I was paying all of our bills. And then also getting another job. So like I was somehow working two jobs. And he was um, taking me to work. And then going and hanging out with girls. Or he would come and have lunch. Well, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it in the morning. So like he would take me to work. So I had no car. Like I had no way to go anywhere. You know, I'm I'm at work, but like, okay, it's fine. Whatever. You know, he would, oh, you know, as a kind gesture, he was made it seem like, oh, I'll take you. Don't worry about it. But then would come have lunch and check in with me, make sure like I wasn't leaving early or like nothing was, you know, weird about my day. And then after that, um and I didn't know this at first. He would go and like hang out with girls and like, you know, do whatever he wanted to do and like go smoke with girls at the park or maybe even take them back to the house because his mom would be at work. We lived with his mom as well. So like she also again is a woman who witnessed this happening, like this was happening in our home and like still didn't do anything. You know, so it's that's just shows like kind of like how common it like, you know, it is with some people, but regardless of that, um It wasn't until I made a Twitter, because I noticed he was on, like, Twitter a lot, and I didn't have a Twitter, that I would, like, see, like, people tagging him in pictures of him, like, and I'd be like, wasn't this after we had lunch and I was at work? And I started realizing, like, oh, like, A, he's cheating on me while I'm paying our bills. (laughs) Like, that's embarrassing. And then, B, like, you know, he's, like, also trying to make it seem like it's my fault. Mm. Like, you know, like... I'm the reason he has to go do what he's doing or whatever so at that point yeah I started telling my friends I started I um I don't think I really told my mom and dad because I knew once they like with them it's like you're you know like I'm their child I'm I'm sure you can relate to your offspring like your protective mode like if someone fucks with your kids that's it you know so like and I knew, like, I loved him so much, and I knew, like, if I were to ever tell, like, my parents or my my family what was going on, like, it was done. And then, A, that's going to make my life harder when I try to, like, go be fake with them at family events, and B, like, you know, I don't really know if I'm ready to break it off. So, like, again, it just makes it kind of harder for me. So, I just mm. kept, like, living like that, and I told some of my friends, and same thing, my friend... um, Uh, one of my friends told me, he was like, you know, you should go to the cops. You should, you just have to go to the cops. And so I did, after I got off the phone with him, I went to the cops and I showed up like all like purple and blue, like looking terrible, but wearing long sleeves. So you couldn't see. And like, I was just talking to a police officer about like, what if I were to report this Not like I didn't, I wasn't saying like, oh, this happened to me. I just said, what if I were to report this or what if this were happened? And she like gave me hypotheticals and she was like asking me like if this was about me and then saw like some of the bruises on my arms. And she was like, at this point, if you keep talking to me, I have to file a report because I know something is going on. And I literally ran. I like walked out. I literally just like, okay, bye. And I walked out. Wow. I walked out and went home yeah and um at that point i didn't really talk to my friend after that was just like i don't really know what to tell you so a i stopped talking to him and it was a mutual friend between the two of us that's why i went to him like maybe you know something i don't know maybe you can Mm. fix him maybe you can tell him stop being an asshole to your Mm. girlfriend maybe you'll shake it but no to him it was just like i don't know what to tell you that's my homie you know he didn't he didn't know and then i told my girls and it was so bad to them because he would also try to cheat on me with my best friend, Jessica, while she was with her boyfriend and that, and her now, like, husband, father of her children. Like, they're still together. But, like, he would literally hit her up and say, like, leave your boyfriend at home, come smoke with me, Shay's gone. Shay's up. And this is my, we have matching tattoos. This is my soul sister. Like, why would she, A, come to you, and B, why would she not tell me? Right. And then after she did tell me and I didn't do anything about it, Her um, and Caroline just couldn't be friends with me anymore. Like they couldn't witness me being hurt all the time. And I get it. And I literally was so hurt by it. I was so hurt by everything, you know, like words were said. We had a huge fallout and I didn't talk to them for years. They didn't come to my wedding. Um, But it's because they knew how bad and how toxic everything was. And so that was really when like. Everything just once I lost my girls, like nothing was really good after that. Because mm. I everything was so fake, <laughs> everything was so fake to the public.
1: <sighs> my abuser was also I, I, Aviel was also a cheater. Mm. Um, he cheated on me so quick. Like, I I never been bullied on the internet before. Where like <laughs> his his baby mom would like tweet me and be like, When you kiss, da 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 tell me how your tell me how my kitty tastes and oh she would like post pictures like in like he still lived with his mom. We weren't living together yet, but he she would post pictures like inside his room and like, you know, like geotag the location well, and yeah. stuff. And so I really didn't know how to stand up for myself. Mm. And um I became really insecure and that made me even more so make uh made me feel inferior to him, where it enabled the abuse because I was like, wow, he he's so wanted. <laughs> he's so wanted. Like it made and you feel I'm, like a fight? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm not good enough. Oh,
2: um
1: yeah. and he would play games, like he would be like, No, she photoshopped that. Like that's not real. Yes. yeah you know like 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 we're like we're like oh okay i was like oh wow she's crazy crazy yeah why would she yeah why would she photoshop that and i honestly i don't know if if why i don't know why i would have
0: believed that right um do you think you really did Do you you really, like, at at that, not right now, because obviously, like, you know the truth now, but, like, at that moment in time, did you believe deep down inside, like, okay, maybe he's, like, did you hope for the best? Or were you, like, I know he's lying, but I'm just going to accept it and hope it doesn't happen again?
1: No. I believed it. Oh, okay. I was so confused, though, Mm. of, like, wow, I've never experienced this before. So, yeah, I believed it. And the the abuse just got worse because he would be like, oh, um, move closer to me. Mm. So I moved closer to him, and he would, walk, you know, go by my house and be like, oh, where's your car? Like, why aren't you home? Um, and then it, it, it became increasingly like, well, I want to know when you're home so I can come see you, share your location with me. Oh, And, um, it became like, oh, I don't want to be on the lease, but he was always there. So he, he like, no, he didn't have a key, but he would utilize like, oh, he would tell our landlord, like, or my landlord, oh, I left my son's pacifier in, in the apartment and he really, really needs it. Can you let me in? And he would have access to it. Um. You know, I, there was, there's one point where I could have left and that's back in December of 2013 when the first time I ever thought I was going to die two months into talking um, was literally being held with a knife to my neck and to my forehead and You know, thankfully, I wasn't severely hurt. But in that fight or flight moment of thinking I was going to die, I did call the police. Mm -hmm. And he got arrested and he was in jail for three weeks. Now, no one talked to me about the process in which domestic violence is handled in court. What protection I would receive um, I didn't ha- know of any protection that I would have from my job. You know, I was a I'm a single mom, so I felt uneducated. Yeah. And um I ended up changing my story 3 weeks into the investigation and because domestic violence is so he said she said, you know, at, to a certain degree like they had no choice but to release him. Mm. And that is when I knew at that moment I was so deep into it. And he probably knew he mm. had me so deep into it that the cheating was all the time. Um, While I was at work with my car, um, it was... It was intense, yeah.
0: I think that this also, like, what you're talking about is kind of, like, our next topic is the manipulation and gaslighting. Like, that is so huge when this is happening. Because I really think that that's kind of what's, the manipulation, I think, is um, the game that starts to, uh, like, deteriorate your brain from really, like, distinguishing, like, if this is good or bad. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and reality. and re- Yes, reality. That's what I was looking for. Like the reality of like, a is this really happening to me? Because I asked myself that a lot. Like, is this really like sometimes I wouldn't even accept it because we would have good days. You know, like you have you think about, oh, but we had such a fun time on this day that he can't possibly be continuing to treat me like this. Or. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think
1: about that? The manipulation and gaslighting is a huge component to keeping a partner in a DV relationship. Um, I feel like they manipulate where you start to think you're a contributor to the issue or a contributor to their behavior. I know that I felt like, oh, I'm not being, I'm not having enough sex or I'm not Um, looking a certain way, Mm -hmm. or I'm not cool enough, I'm not desirable enough, and it was instead of his behavior being bad, it was I need to change me, yeah, absolutely. And I would say, like, the abuse never got better, it, it, and and this is what this is what still kind of fucks me up because. You know, Avi and I, even though we've gone through some pretty heavy shit, um, I do appreciate our relationship today where he has taken accountability and we have talked about it. But I don't think he truly understands the, you know, he he is not a, a victim of abuse. So he doesn't understand the mental and emotional effects of the abuse
0: it is ptsd
1: it is extreme complex ptsd which which i was diagnosed with Mm. um so so they don't understand that we they don't get better as abusers i became who he wanted me to be yes same I was submissive, I knew what not to wear, what I could wear, when to ask to go out, when I should stop pushing it, you mm-hmm. know,
0: it was... Who you're allowed to talk to. Yes. Who you're allowed to talk to, see, Yes, uh, be friends with, that was a huge thing for me. Yeah. I had no, I wasn't allowed to have any friends.
1: <laughs> and the manipulation would be like, I didn't stop you from doing, from having friends
0: yeah, oh, but I didn't make you do that. You're like, no, but if I would have, I would have gotten my ass beat. Right. So, yeah, that, manip- yeah, that manipulation is yeah. really tricky.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's so difficult. I mean, we can talk about this um, when we talk about healing. Mm. Um, and I think that experience to have for the last six years is part of the reason why I try to hold a lot of empathy and space and compassion for the conversations that I have with people today. I want to make sure that their opinions are heard, Mm. that there's consent, that they feel validated. And I don't ever want to feel like I overpowered someone Mm. into doing something because of what I say. Like that was a huge reflection for me of like how I show up um in in the world because I don't want to have that manipulation connected to me.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well that's an amazing reflection and like growth opportunity, like you said, for healing. Um Yeah, that's amazing. I can't wait to uh that's gonna be good. I can't wait to get into the healing aspect of this because it's not, you know, um yeah, let's go. Let's continue. Okay. Let's continue. I <laughs> know. <laughs> um, okay,
1: so so you were saying that, you know, you with with your friends and whatnot, it became you were choosing who to be friends with, and how were you portraying your relationship to the people who you did keep in your
0: life? Oh my gosh, it was so fake and um oh my what is another it was just a lie it was a lie it was all a lie no one had any idea um like even to the point where like I would go to work wearing things that covered all of my bruises and like what however I looked because I did not want anyone to think anything was wrong ever Mm -hmm. you know and um Yeah. Or if it got really bad, we would both call out like he I would stay home and he would if I didn't go to work, he would stay home with me. So, you know, I just um, for me, it was um, like, okay, everyone thinks we're good. So maybe one day we will be. And everyone would especially our friends back at home. This is what was so hard for being isolated up here was. Everyone back at home had no idea and thought we were living this fairytale dream life up here in Portland. And they were so proud of us for moving and we're, we were so successful. No, we weren't. I was working two jobs and working my ass off, doing everything I could to support us. Not to say he didn't do anything, because yeah, he did have a job but like realistically like i did everything and supported us his he went and clocked in and clocked out and that was it and like in the end everyone thought he treated me so well and took care of me and it was just they looked up to us and we would it would even get to the point where i would post stuff we would have terrible fights and like terrible days and i would post stuff just to make myself feel better Because I knew everyone else would think, oh, they're so cute. Mm. Oh, they look so good. So then I would think, like, oh, that's what it is then. Yeah. You know, like, everyone else thinks we're cool. So why would I be, you know, why would I accept the fact that this is a horrible, terrible relationship? And, like, meanwhile, I'm at home thinking, like, this is, you know, I never knew what fight was going to be the last fight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you didn't have anyone who knew? Hmm.
0: I was literally just thinking that, actually. Anyone that actually knew, um, I don't, I don't think anybody knew that I was being, with the exception of my two friends that didn't talk to me anymore. They mm-hmm. they did know, and and the homie, um, he knew, but again, we didn't really talk. I don't think anybody actually knew I was being physically abused until. Um, until I told my dad my dad was I think the first person I told when I f- started to realize like I needed it <laughs> like it needed to stop like I I think I, something happened where I like I wanted to a different life um and I just I told my dad one day like that we had a really bad fight and again like I thought I was gonna die and like it was just so bad and so he knew um and then I, I stayed this was like early on like still early on like being in Portland and I stayed and then told him that everything was fine um and that it was better and then we were here a couple of years but then he came to visit um for my birthday one month with my sister and her ex-boyfriend and we were spo- and his my ex's brother Lived with us at that time, too. So it was a lot of people in a house and my birthday weekend and my ex decided to accuse me of cheating on him with um, this younger guy that I worked with at Starbucks. Wow. Like, totally, like, so, like, in, like, never would happen, but super insecure and basically just was trying to, like, ruin my weekend and, like, control me and didn't want me to... Like, I don't know what the point of it was, obviously, but, you know, that's what he was doing. And then at that point, everybody there realized, like, something was up. Because I didn't want him to be around me at all. I was like, don't come around my family and I. I don't want you to spend any time with us this weekend. Um, and then from there, that's when it got really bad. Um, and I started to slowly, like, I don't know. Like, things just started to change. But, yeah, no, no one knew. My dad was the first person to really know. And then he was kind of the one to... uh him and then here my roommates that i actually live with now were the second two people that i had to tell because i had to go stay with them Mm. they were the only um so my one roommate he is um our like our one of three friends he's the only one that i talked to but he was like one of our three friends that moved up here to portland when we moved And that was, like, my ex's claim to, like, bringing us up here. Like, oh, we do have friends, you know. But it wasn't Mm -hmm. my friends. It was his friends. Yeah. But um, by the grace of God, um, you know, Brighton, my roommate, was up here. And he was not only, like, equipped to help me and able to help me, you know, mentally. And, like, had a home and a safe place for me to go to. But he also knew the kind of person that my ex genuinely was because they grew up together. So, like, once I had to go over there and spend the night, you know, he he did start to try to help me, like, with the situation and would give me a safe place to come when I needed to. Um, but then at that point, like, once, I, I just feel like once people start to know, like, I just really had to, like, make a decision. Wow. You know, like, I really, I really had to make a decision, but then Once I started deciding that I was going to change my life, things started happening to allow that to happen. Mm. Uh, That were out of my control, but it all, everything worked out in the end for me to get out. So, you know, even though I wish, like I look back and I do wish, like, what if I would have said something straight up from the very beginning? Like, would I have maybe had that opportunity to get out quicker? Um, But, you know, we'll never know. It is what it is. I learned from it now, but once I, I made that decision to change it, things started, um, happening. Yeah. That's
1: really interesting because so many people knew I was being abused since the first night. Really? Um, you know, my son's dad, uh, Royce's dad, Alex knew, Kimmy, a-, a group of friends from Hawaii, my job, they all knew that I was being abused by Aviel. Mm. Um... In December, when he went to jail, I told my mom and I told my dad. And I don't even remember what I told them when when he got out. Um, I know that I didn't say I changed my story. Mm. Um, And I think my mom was like, wait, what? You know, like she was like, he's getting out, you know, like she was so confused. Yeah. And I remember in some Dece- like in December um, or or January, um, my mom telling me like, well, I'd much rather Royce just stay with Alex so that he's not around uh, someone who beats women, you mm. know And like I didn't have a relationship with my mom. Or or she wasn't equipped to help me navigate that. Like that made me not want to talk about it. Yeah, you know, it was just like fuck. Like I don't you feel know, bad. Yeah, it's like it
0: feels like it's your fault. Yeah, yeah, I
1: don't know how to leave. Um. And we, you know, because of the cheating, I was also very public about the abuse. Okay. Like, I would go on Twitter rants. Oh, shit. I would screenshot and expose him. Shit. And, you know, when they say, like, oh, don't be the stupid girl who exposes your boyfriend and then goes back? Like, that was literally me.
0: That's why I didn't do anything. Because I knew I'm never going to leave, so why would I look stupid? Okay. And
1: I did it because... I wasn't going to allow someone to beat me up and not, and, and be seen in public as this super cool person. Cool person. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I exposed and I like, oh my gosh, shout out to my Twitter followers who have (laughs) followed me since like (laughs) me, like exposing this man, like. You know, it's crazy. Um so much so that my job moved me from Portland to Nashville. Wow. So I packed my stuff and I left went to Nashville and um at some point Avial sold all his music equipment to follow me. And of course when he did that like I posted online, I was like, "Oh my god, he loves me so much." Yeah. Right? And I thought we could start anew, um, you know, being around people who I didn't, who we both didn't know, but that further isolation just made it worse Mm -hmm. because now here I am again, having to rely on this person to provide me happiness from toxicity. Um, it was, it was not good. And social media
0: wise, gosh, I didn't even really have social media. Really? Like Yeah, I started blocking my I didn't go on Facebook for years and everyone thought I like fell off the face of the planet because I was like I don't even want to pretend to be happy so don't um, I don't even want to say anything.
1: I couldn't have any men on, on my friend list. Oh, same. Yeah. And um, Or we were fucking. <laughs> yeah. He would delete people, he would block people, mm-hmm. he would respond as me. Um, mm, That's a, mm. he, m- all of my social media accounts were connected to his phone. Oh my God. So he received every notification. And what sucks is that when the abuse has started, that, those values started to reflect in me. <sighs> So I started to need his things on his, on my phone. Yeah. Or I wanted to always look through his phone as well. And all of these unhealthy habits that I truly see trending on social media. Yes. And I'm just like, this is toxic. Yes. Going through someone's phone. Yes. Sharing locations. Like we are enabled by these systems. Created off of cap like through capitalism <laughs> to accept abuse literally. And uh, you know I I ended up getting married to Avi. My mom didn't show up to my wedding, and one one part um I tried to leave Avi by going to Hawaii and staying with my family, and I remember my dad being like. Oh, he, he called me baby girl. He'd be like, oh, baby girl, like, what, what, what does he do? Like, what did he do? And I, like, it was out of nowhere. And it kind of just was like, fuck, like, my family knows. Knows, yeah. And I bursted into tears and I was like, Dad, if you knew what he has done to me, you would be so heartbroken that I let someone treat me like like that. And that's so difficult for him to hear as someone who abused me as a child growing Mm up to know, like, wow. Wow she can accept that abuse as love because she accepted my abuse as love. And it also sucks that my dad passed away, you know, thinking that I was going to be with this person the rest of my life. Mm. And that he doesn't get to see me growing from that. Or to to see just me not accepting that type of love you know um I think that's why like it's very difficult for me during you know those like celebration of life and and his death anniversary his his birthday is actually on on the 29th that it's like We need to do better as community members, as as family, to support people who come to us and tell us that they're being abused. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so complicated, and I would never ever ask someone like, "Why don't you just leave?" Mm-hmm. Which was something I heard a lot. Absolutely same. Um, but yeah, you know, his, his, at some point we lived with his mom, his mom saw it happen, his friends, you know, he tells me that his friends know, and I don't know if they know the full truth. And, you know, I mean, even to this day, some of my followers on Instagram know, and they still follow him, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. I see this meme pop up all the time. Like, if I follow your abuser, let me know and I will unfollow. And I've thought about posting Posting it. it. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I, at the same time, I don't want Aviel to feel abandoned. Because he Mm. became an abuser because of his childhood trauma. Wow. And attachment is part of that. And so I don't need people to pick a side because how he treated me is not how he will treat you um, or he, you know, it's not how he treats our kids. It's not how he treats, you know, his friends. Um, But it is a really important component to hold, hold, how do you hold accountability for people who are abusers and help them grow, you know? Like, I think about that a lot of, of could I be friends? Could I hold space for someone who I know abused someone else? Like, Mm -hmm. where, where is that boundary? I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer.
0: Yeah, but I think that's a part, like that, that growth that you just talked about right now, like that's crazy. Just to uh, even be able to like go through what you're going through and you still think about, um, like you not think about, but like you consider him and like consider his, that's crazy. Uh, how you, cause I I, rec- I, I recognize myself doing the same thing. And I think that is why I've been so hesitant to like come out. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't want him to be attacked or bullied or, you know, I don't, that's not the goal or the intention at all. Um, but like you said, like, it is way too common. Yeah. It is way too, like, easy to go about your day and not, like, think that there's a problem with domestic violence because it happens so frequently. Um, so I think that, I think that it was very important for us to talk about it. And I'm I'm glad we did, um, you know, but also to, like the healing, like that's important, you know, so, um, I think that's a part of this process, but this was really deep, so let's take a quick breather, get some coffee or maybe some tequila or a shot or something, <laughs> and we'll be right back, okay, <laughs> this is Spread the Love, you guys, stay tuned. Hi everyone, welcome to Spread the Love, this is Shay Butter, and this is Dear Marshall,
1: Okay, so we are here with JC and his cousin, who... They never
3: put this on the spot. Yes.
0: He said he wanted to be on our podcast, yes. in all fairness. <laughs> yeah. So we're
1: here with JC and with Trevor. Uh, Trevor and I are meeting for the first time. And we are... Today, we're going to talk about stereotypes. And, um, you know, I kind of put Trevor on the spot and said, Well, since this is your first time meeting me... What are some stereotypes or assumptions that you created based off of my appearance?
3: Based off of appearance. Tell the truth. Tell yeah, the whole truth. And you can say from like,
1: you know, when you first heard of me, because he he has heard of me before. So it can be how that, what stereotypes have shifted for you, what indications like remolded your idea of me.
2: I really can't say that... uh, Actually, it changed because from what I already know, you done not clip. You know, <laughs> hey, hey. we don't gotta, no. we don't gotta talk about that. Yeah, we, we don't gotta bring the whole situation. I, go, up I ain't saying. <laughs>
3: that hey, okay, 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 y'all. Gonna cut okay, that y'all. Real quick. Fuck it. You know what? I had a bad night one day. I had a bad day, and uh, this woman right here took care of me. She helped me out. Okay, yeah. that's all we gonna say about it. Yes. Marshall helped me out. She, she, uh, she, uh, I was in a bad state, and she helped me get but back to a better state. So, so what you're
0: saying is you already had
2: a good yeah, idea. Yeah, she's about a good person. Her. Yeah, yes. But you know, just and, based and,
3: off looks, based off looks, and based off, me, and
2: based off and what, what are her stereotypes? He didn't, he didn't actually say that. Uh, you were like, like this with politicians, like right, no. like that. But he said that you was in that field. I said she was political. So, I said hey, she, you know, <laughs> so, I said she be
3: politicking.
2: She's smart.
3: That. She's smart. She's smart. She's smart. Yeah. You no, know, you did that. We don't you meet a lot of smart girls. girls, do we?
2: Oh, it, well, I can't say it, that. That's a stereotype. But okay. It's, <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm just bad. saying.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. All right. But, Maybe it's a stereotype yeah. that she. No, I mean, she, you obviously are really smart, but I'm just saying because you're in politics. and No, but I don't certain know.
2: things like it's certain jobs that you have or whatever that gives you a level of smartness that some people they might be smart about basketball or anything else, you know. Yeah. Or, oh, we got to take this route. On a yeah everyone everyone so has it's different relative. things yeah, Smart they, is yeah. relative they have Smart different things relative. that they yeah, yeah they're
3: experts on yeah so
0: okay That's cool. so now you see me though yeah so so now like so explain what you're trying to get at when you want to know the stereotypes. well
1: I just feel like I I get take take Tinder, hinge Instagram mm. right there are stereotypes I feel like I present. Because of how I look, like one, <laughs> not,
2: I have my back out not, a
1: lot on Instagram. You what? I have my back out a lot of my tattoos. Yeah. I have blue hair, like you know. So, oh,
2: so you saying like some people, based off looks, based off some, some people look her. at that and they automatically think, oh, she's down for whatever.
1: Right. Oh, not a lot yeah. of people, um, oh. unless unless they meet me through that lens yeah, of that. this woman works in politics, I get a completely different approach from folks who meet me at
0: the bar. Or That's weird because I did meet you at the bar, but I did not get that vibe because you were I feel like a little, you were reserved. But but some people like
2: uh, they're not good. The visual is always worse than talking. You know, the conversation is where the judging Whatever mm. you have in mind is wiped out. Depending oh, on how yeah. you know, depending on how they talk, how they or pre- confirm or present this, or confirm. Or, you know, yeah. so I just that's just how I look at it. But I feel like I get stereotyped. You know?
3: Yeah.
0: What
2: kind yeah, of
3: stereotypes yeah. do you feel oh, like? Oh man, get? black chocolate, chocolate, chocolate uh, nigga. What is that shit that Vicky be saying? Uh... <laughs> Hold on! Don't let me say that. Like, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Stereotypes. Vicky said, "She said my chocolate's coming."
2: <laughs> See, some people, some people. Look she said, "My at me chocolate's like, coming." Uh, I like. I'm a thug.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thug, thug, thug you out. Sexualize you. Sexualize you. Okay, I get yeah. sexualized too.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, we do too. You yes. Know.
1: Yeah, yeah. have you seen TikTok? Absolutely. Oh my god! Absolutely, yeah. black men are very sexualized nowadays. Yeah, they
3: are, and Asian women are. The people, everyone wants to come for Asian women.
1: Mm.
3: Everyone wants to come for Asian women. Mm-hmm. That's Bella a hot topic. Bella Bella. Right there.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and how do you deal with with stereotypes?
3: Um. I okay, okay. Let okay. me let me let me say something. Okay. How I feel about stereotypes is I already know how people see me. So I flip the script. That's my that's my little cheat code. Any nigga listening to this shit can take it for themselves too. And show some so show them something different. When they already uh you know, you get pulled over by the police. You know, most niggas I know they scared, they or they yeah. or they start worrying or this or that. I flip the goddamn script on the police. I'm a goddamn white man too. Like I, I, I straight up the way I, the way I say, hey officer, da 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 da. I don't. Do they that. they be hell. <laughs> no, no. He said nah.
2: No. It ain't. But baby. they be,
3: but they be surprised as hell. They be like, oh, you're a normal person. I'm gonna say this. Yes, I, bitch, I'm a normal person.
2: Don't say that you be. No, you I don't. I don't. I'm not fake. I'm, no, not fake. I'm not fake now. I'm not fake. You just showing them respect.
3: Yes, I'm. I'm just ah. showing them some different shit than they. You know, most people. Most I, people. Most. I've I've been through things, and i and I've gotten respect. out of certain situations. I've gotten out of sticky situations. Just being different. No, just because a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of, yeah, being myself. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fake. I'm not, I'm him. not pretend mm. to be some. I'm not
1: affirm him. You I flip, love that you, you flip yeah, a that was... switch his mindset. And yes, he, he's mm. right. You name it. Like you I, aren't I, I being flip. someone else. You're
3: being yourself. Yes, I am. One hundred percent from everybody. Yeah.
1: Else. Yeah. 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 Ah. I so
3: I, cool. I flip the script on him because I already know what I look like. Already know. Already know. At least in other people's minds, what I look like. At least in other people's minds, what I look like. I look like a dumb idiot, or what? I don't care, you know. I I tell them, I, I show them that I'm dead ass serious, like I'm, I'm really, like what, what's going on.
2: Yeah.
3: I flip the script. I, so, I know what I look like to people, shit, but you know what? So no, having that knowledge that at I look like that in their time, eyes, I gotta flip that. I gotta.
2: At the same time, though, uh, the people that I do interact with, uh, I ain't gonna say they put me on a pedestal. But they don't look at me like the people in my past have, you know. Mm. Like, a lot of people don't even know. I'm going to tell y'all this, this y'all podcast, whatever. I did seven years in a pen, right? Mm. A lot of people don't even know that because I don't walk around like. Oh, you don't act like, really you, bad like you did ass. that. Mm. You don't act like. Yeah. I'm not proud of me doing seven years in a fucking pen. I, left, I lost seven years of my life. You Some know? of your best years. But yeah. I did learn. That was, that yeah. was great, you know. From nineteen to twenty six, right? I learned a lot. Yeah. Then, a lot of people like, man, you you didn't do seven years in prison, like, cause you normal, you know, like, cause you, cause you, I'm, but I'm, you real normal. person. But that's the know? stereotype of like but, you wow. Cause you don't, you,
3: you, don't, you, don't, you, you don't put off that, do off that, you yes. put that vibe like you, like you would bust someone's head open. Well, but you hold would. On, hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. I feel like though that that wow. judgment or that stereotype is created by white people. Yes. Like, it's not our black and brown communities yeah. that are looking for that change in how you present or how you act. Yeah. It really that. is the people in every, like, the white people in society who are like, oh, you went to jail, you must be
2: a this thug. type yeah, of person. Yeah. You're a thug.
1: Right. Ugh. But it's
2: not like that because I, I get so much... Respect because that's what I give, you know, and that's what I realize that the world is about, you know, respect. Yeah, I'm respect you. It's really not about colors or nothing. Not, it's It's about respect, respect, really. I'm gonna respect everything, but sometimes I do, I do, uh, like you said, you'll switch it up, right? And
3: I'll show them something different.
2: Not me. Sometimes it depends. I, what, sometimes what Kodak? I feel like if you you feel like I'm supposed to act like this. Kodak said the same shit saying in the I song. Do with everybody, but Kodak if, said if I like get that energy, then I'm gonna just act like oh okay. You feel like I'm supposed to act? I'm gonna act like this. I'm mm. really Kodak. Really you, Kodak Kodak oh uh, said in that song. He said,
3: you know. "Young niggas see about me. I'm gonna show you different. See about me. All these people is talking yeah. talking about me. Come actually meet me. yeah Yeah." And really understand. Come meet me and talk to me and I'll show you different.
1: Interesting. Than,
3: than what you thought.
1: So what's really Stereotypes. crazy what, what you talk about and what that brings up for Shay and I is like we talk about what it means to show up as our authentic selves mm-hmm. all of the time because that's like a way of empowering who we are our stories, our experiences our identities and so yeah I, I like to color my hair blue and like do whatever I want to <laughs> and you know, I probably am like the most prof- most provocative <laughs> Instagram that some people follow that are in those spaces. But you know, it it would be wrong for us to suppress our yeah. identity yeah. for the for sake of other, other people. people's comfort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
2: I just seen a thing. I just seen something yesterday. Uh, dude said. That he read in a book or whatever that it said, would you rather be uh, at war with yourself and at peace with the world or at peace with yourself and at war with the world? Yes.
3: Man, it's hard. I'm in between both of those. It's hard.
1: It's like finding the balance,
3: man. Yeah, that's, man. and it turns I think it's ever shifting.
1: You. Yes. you know, some days we are very prone to absorbing people's judgments or negativity against mm. us. Like sometimes, you know, it it just happens. Yeah, and and, then- and
3: and what I was talking about earlier about the anxiety thing is that uh, I feel like I feel like right now, at least in our generation, maybe in, and all of us right now, and humans right now, is that we're going through a a, a spiritual. For um, we're going through something right now, so you got people that that feel like it's the end of the world. Because you know, when 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 there's a change, <laughs> the cat, the cat back Bella. when there's a change going, when there's a change going on, when there's a societal change, whatever going on, uh, you know, anything change is scary for a lot of people. So that's why people, you know, when the when it turned when it turned to two thousand from 1999 to 2000, a lot of people were scared. They but were stalking up on water. End. Yes, yeah. there's, there's nothing new under the sun, like the Bible yeah. says, you know. I'm a, I'm a preacher's, preacher's, preacher's son, by the way. But uh, there's nothing new under the sun. And uh, so it's already been like this before. And you can look at things that, reasons why they felt that way, and you can the same things are going on right now. A lot of people are scared, anxiety, they're worried. They don't know what's going on. A lot of people are following other lost people on the internet. Yeah. The internet's the internet's even more crazy now. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that get their ideas from the internet about how the world works, that's scary. That's scary because if you actually go out there in the real world and just be yourself, like I was talking about earlier, uh a lot of things can happen for you. Not not believing in stereotypes and stuff like that. On Facebook, on on social media, they're pushing stereotypes hard. They push it hard. They put it. They disguise it as memes and funny shit and mm-hmm. this and that. People laugh and this and that. But those ideas form and they they create an idea, a feeling for something that naturally you would not get like in the real world.
1: And Hopefully. I have to admit though, like I am a consumer and I do partake in like thinking that memes we can't are help funny. It.
2: You know, we can't help share it. everybody do that that. <laughs>
1: The crypto deal, Ooh, you know, yeah. those Asian shit. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: can Yeah, because
3: it's funny, it's funny. Yeah, it makes us right. feel what good. What is that? What,
2: what's, what's the crypto
1: deal? <laughs> it's the, it shines so pretty, like diamond in the sky, you
3: know. <laughs> she's talking about her stereotype. Oh, what's
1: that, what's her name? Um, Angela Johnson, she's a comedian.
3: Oh. a beautiful he's... nail? Do you like a nail? <laughs> Like the Asian lady stereotype. Oh! Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Oh, my God.
1: Oh. Yeah, you have to. I'll, I'll send you the link later. Um.
3: Do it again. Do it one more time. Do
1: it one more time.
3: I like hearing it. Oh, See, my god. That's why we can't help it. Exactly. We can't help but it to because, partake in, in, in the stereotypes.
1: Yeah. And Joe Coy says, like, he's, a, he's my favorite comedian. He's like, it's funny because there is some truth to it and that's what's fucked
3: well, up. Like I I, I had I, I took a AP what is it AP language or AP lit literature, AP literature and one of the things one of, like for a whole month we studied stereotypes and shit like that and wow. uh, and um and uh, my teacher said that there's truth in every like in every good joke there's truth in it. Right, so, yeah. So, when I see, so every time it's it's been engraved in my brain, every time when I see people like really laughing at something or something, I'm like, <laughs> there's some truth to it. And then, you know, so those people that say it's just a joke, it's not just a joke. An idea is forming, and idea is forming literally, like straight up right there. Literally. Literally. literally yeah everyone yes. everyone, everyone says That's i'm so funny for saying that i
1: no, say all the time. that is my favorite. they say that time,
3: but literally
1: <laughs> literally
3: like yeah. literally right there i'll be i'll be sitting there right there and i'll, I'll listen to some it's a good joke if i know if, if there's some truth in it people is ideas for me it. it's but not just a what? shitty joke i don't
2: really trip on that like they say like Black people, fried chicken and all that type of
3: stuff. <laughs> we, we laugh at it. I don't. We I don't, laugh at it, but nigga, but it's there's some truth in it, and it? it's
2: that's why I don't. I think that's just like culture and shit. shit. Chicken is one of like, it's a chicken place in everywhere in Texas. Yeah, every two blocks, and it's the cheapest thing, you know. Shit, I don't, I don't care about the jokes. Shit, niggas
3: love chicken. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. A family
2: fuck the jokes. It's six people in the house. That's the truth. Hey, what are we gonna eat? We can't go to McDonald's. That's gonna be $30 for everybody. You know, shit. We gonna right. go to the chicken place. Spend 15.
0: Feed the Everybody family. gonna be <laughs> hey, I don't, he... Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> well... Nice, you got on our podcast. That's cool. He oh, y'all, I'm that of, was I'm really fast. before the wine
3: out, I'll buy her another bottle. Yeah, he gonna. He
0: her. owes her for sure two. another bottle. You yeah, are, two, two, bottles. two bottles. One to replace this one and the one that you took.
3: She has hella bottles.
0: She, deser- <laughs> she, she, no, she them, deserves. No, she deserves hella y'all bottles. Yeah, she
3: don't drink them
2: either.
3: Oh my god. I'm a guest on the podcast, by the way, too. I'm JC Banco. I'm a producer, music producer. I deal with a lot of different types of peoples. Okay.
0: Plug cool. them in. Plug them plug in. Plug them in. Do you have any links or anything you want people to follow? No, I don't. Or...
3: I don't at all. Shit, it's JC Banco. For sure. That's all.
0: Cool.
1: And uh, Trevor, thanks so much for oh, yeah. yeah spontaneously being a guest on our
0: podcast. <laughs> that was so that cool. Was your input was awesome, and yeah. your affirmation was super cool. <laughs> yeah. That was like what a good, yeah.
1: So, I'm curious on like, what do you think has been a super important lesson that your cousin has shown you through either talks or just or feedback. Like what he ain't,
3: you- he ain't nobody. He he uh he's not at all what what society what people would think he is. No, he showed me he showed me real love. Like
0: mm-hmm.
3: y'all y'all don't know the type of person he is at all. Honestly, I know, I know the type of person he is. So anything that happens, anything, anything that goes on, I know who, I I know who this nigga is and, uh, it's crazy because, uh, if anything was to happen, I don't even want to talk. I don't like talking about that shit, but if anything was to happen and there was a story spun on him or, or anything like that, y'all don't really know if, if y'all knew,
0: yeah. What's been the most influential for you?
3: Picking me up every time I'm down.
0: Mm-hmm. I could tell. I could that see that. Sweet. That is beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah.
3: Picking me up every time I'm down, and uh, a lot of people don't don't understand that. Some people don't even have people like that in their life mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Yeah. that do that. that Some fast. people don't have people for them that do that, so they don't understand that type of uh, love.
1: Mm-hmm. And Trevor, where would you say? And that,
3: and that love comes out of nowhere. That love Spread comes out of nowhere. Up. I don't, I don't right. deserve it. I don't deserve it. It makes me feel like I'm deserving.
1: Where you you do you think you're, you're energized <clears throat> to have the capacity to, you
0: know, be that person? Yeah. Like him. Uh, After, like, you know,
3: what, everything you've been through. And this ties back into the stereotypes because yeah. a lot of people look at this nigga and not see that in him.
2: But see, really. A lot
3: of people won't see that in him. I but he's honestly, he's like an angel. I honestly, think out here in this cold-ass home. world, this nigga's like an angel in this cold-ass world.
2: I think that's really what... I ain't trying to gas you up, no. Nah, nah, but I feel like uh, me doing that time or whatever and all the shit I did in my past, you know, I feel like I did enough of that for everybody Mm -hmm. in my family, you know. Any young dude, you know what I'm saying, that I can tell anything to do to better their situation, you know, or look at life differently choose a different path or whatever. I mean, I ain't even gonna tell somebody that's selling drugs or whatever not to. Because that might actually be the only avenue that that you go through. Not saying it actually is the only because you can do whatever you want to. But if you feel like that's what you gotta do to survive or whatever, do it. You know, be careful whatever. I just I don't know. I'd rather not I'd rather people not do that. And he doing music.
1: Mm. And he
2: one of the best producers I've seen, like, ever. You know? I used to rap and shit, too, so. Hey. I know, you know. But, and it's effortlessly. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I said that right. Effortless. Effortless. <laughs> Effortless. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> but, it's so easy to him, and uh I feel like a lot of people that, he feel like he feel like don't nobody got his back, you know. Sometimes and sometimes they don't. They don't. But, Hell no, they don't. But I know I've learned so much cousin, to get my man. own
3: back, yeah. to yeah, pick my myself cousin, up. I, to I pick. But there, every every now and then, there is people that will, will he great get dude. your back. Yeah, I, I. It took it took me uh, some time to learn that, but because like a lot of times I, I felt like. I got an idea in my head to where no one can have my back, so fuck it. I got my back. Fuck them all. If it's fuck me, it's fuck the world. But there's some people that have your back. There's some people, like my cousin right here, that picked me up. Some people that cut your nails for you (laughs) randomly. You didn't even ask them to do it. They did it. You just was sitting there and you was in a bad state. And they just came and they helped you. They're they're all real
2: angels out I here. I just want a trip to Vegas. And and, and the stereotypes. Yeah, you did. My bad. That's why <laughs> no, you, that, you told me. That, that's how I yeah. feel like. Yeah. That's one of them things. Like there's 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 a lot of
3: stereotypes, and you think the worst about people. But sometimes the people that you least expected are the real angels out here.
2: And I Mom. I think that's where it come from. You know, I feel like the energy that you put out is guarantee what you're gonna get back
1: absolutely people the
2: people
3: that's what i learned this year 2020 is the people you think the worst about probably have your back more than the people that you thought the best about literally yeah literally
0: maybe you see true colors yeah you just see the light well
1: i mean that 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 just comes back full circle to the podcast being spread the love, spread the love, yeah. um, uplifting yeah, yeah. other people, and like really being able to dive into other people's stories and like why it's important to share your experiences, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. Instagram and social media, memes, stereotypes get all fake. they well they all re- they all have you like carry some yes, sort of shame.
2: They do, you yeah. know. And sure. I don't do that shit. I got a Facebook. I don't got no Instagram. <laughs> I well, got a Snapchat. Well, you was,
3: was, was locked up. You was locked up during the time where it was really thriving. No. Nah, so you, you, it's I got not in you. That, it's not in you. I got homeboys it's that got out you.
2: after me and they still got it. But I don't. <laughs> it's I not just, in you. I'm, I go on Facebook literally every day. But all I yeah. do is.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: You, not, don't, you, don't, you don't really thrive on there. But nah. you know
1: what, though? It's because you don't need the affirmations from the outside world to they tell mean, you what type of person you are. You know, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of people who are seeking that validation, From, that try really yeah. hard oh, online. Yeah.
3: So that don't that's understandable. Know. Oh god. That's cool.
1: But <laughs> um just to wrap it up, like yeah, we hope that you had an amazing time listening to this podcast. Feel free to like, subscribe, share um and if you have any feedback for myself or shay jc or trevor want to get in touch um
0: let us know thank you so much you guys this was spread the love with shay butter and dear marshall